What's going on, everybody? It's the spoiler discussion with myself and Coy Jondro on Capes and Cows. Big thing. Special episode here on Monday. Thanks for joining us. Excited to have you on the show. I was excited to be talking to you about it. And obviously, hopefully, you've seen the movie. Otherwise, why the hell are you joining us today? Unless you just wanted to get spoiled. That's fine. It's up to you. Uh, before we get into it, this episode is sponsored by Carbon Health. Thank you to Carbon Health. We love Carbon Health. We've been working with them for a little while now. If you aren't familiar, you should be familiar with them. They have over 110 locations nationwide. There's just 80 locations in California, the Bay Area, Los Angeles, Sacramento, and North San Diego. It's, uh, it's pretty great. There's urgent care needs at all locations, advanced care for most urgent care facilities. They have the ability to handle x-rays on location. They have lots of availability, even saved for walk-ins. It helps parents who commonly have crazy schedules and a need and need aid for their children. And I can tell you as a parent, that's super helpful. Um, they have primary care in California. And as far as testing goes, they have all that stuff. And they believe that everyone des deserves a health care provider who is an active partner supporting you in your efforts to feel better and live healthier. Their care teams have the support and resources they need to be able to focus and build a better relationship with you. The 125 locations nationwide, again, 80 locations in California. So very excited to be working with Carbon Health. They're amazing, um, and we, we love them. So happy to have them on when they told us from back when we were working with them on Schmodown Spectacular. Now they're with Big Thing. So um, anyway, a couple other things. Capes and Cows merch, that's up there now. You got the... Uh, <laughs> the Top Gun guy? <laughs> the, top. the Top Gun guy? Yeah, the Top Gun guy. That shirt's up there as well, too. You got so many different things. Sith Council, Show Some Class, Farts on My Brand, and They Should Be Yours, and The Big Thing. All that stuff is up on the store right now, so make sure you check that out. And whether it is Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are found, make sure you check that out. Very, very important. And... That's it, everybody. I'm excited. I'm excited to get into this because we just, I've been waiting to talk about this movie for a while now. I get to talk about it with Koi. Let's do it, everybody. It's the big thing. It's Capes and Cows, but we're not going to play the music today. We're going to play. We're going to play. Uh, we're going to play big thing. That's what we're going to do. You ready? I'm ready. Everybody ready? Good. Perfect. Let's do it. All right, everybody, Just trying to give you a seizure. All right, how are you doing? Nice to talk to you. Nice to see you. Let's get right into it. It's, it's going to be a good one. I got me. I got Koi. Koi, we've been, it's funny because you said it before um, we went on the air, so we've been waiting, just waiting to talk to the somebody. The first spoiler conversation I've had. Oh, is it? I okay. literally have not had right. this chance yet. Well, we get a chance. We get a chance now. We're going to talk about Black Adam. It comes out on Monday. Excuse me. It, comes out, it came out this weekend. It was This review comes out on Monday. Which why you're watching? This <laughs> um, it's been out for three and a half days. I we know. hope you've seen it. Well, so I've had we've had, both had an opportunity to get a chance to see it a little earlier. Yeah, um, you I saw it before it was spoiled. Uh, before the post credit scene was anywhere. Before anybody even knew anybody. what was going on. So I got it. really lucky that that was fully unique. Yeah, it was. It's funny because I knew. I mean, everybody knew from the way it was coming uh, coming along. About and again, if you haven't seen the movie and you didn't know already, then I don't know why you clicked on this video. But here comes the spoilers. You've been warned. All right. Um, because everybody knew that it was coming, right? So I said to you, I was like, all right, so he's in it, right? And you're like, yeah. And, I'm like, <laughs> and then you like told me the, the John Williams thing at the end, and I was like, and, it, and it's, I will say I was a little bummed 
but not by much, that I thought it was like really heavy. Ah, uh, gotcha. It's kind of like hinted. But you're such a score guy. I, I thought of you first yes. because so many people are in these movies for comic references, for cinematographer, yeah. directors. You're the only guy I know that's like, what's the score like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. as soon as I heard John Williams, I was like, Christian's going to lose his mind. I did. And I, I lost my mind for the score in so this good. movie in general. It was really, really good. I've been listening to it in loop. Yeah, uh, it's a great workout score. It's great. And it's you can tell every time I showed someone that score, you can say like, well, The Rock definitely had something to do with that because it sounds like something he would walk the out to. The energy is so like The Rock. Walk out to it, which is great for Black Adam because it, it feels like a very in tune with him character. Yeah, so again, going into it where, and it's funny, before we went on the air here, Koi said, I feel like me and you are going to be on the same page the same way we were Eternals where you and I are going to love this and most people are not going to like it. And I, it seems like that in, in the overall, like, um, uh, at least what critics both Rotten Tomatoes and even in the nerd sphere. Is like a lot of the people I've talked to, I haven't talked spoilers with anybody else, but like a lot of people are like, eh, you know, it's a DC movie. And I was like, that's not what I felt at all. No, I didn't feel like it was that like, just like a throwaway DC movie. I did feel, and I stand by the fact that I think that it's like a, it is a, to me, seems like a 1998 movie. This if this movie comes out in 1998, it comes out in July. Yeah. And it's a summer blockbuster movie. Yeah. And everyone's going, oh, what a fun movie that was. Because, it is look. It is paint by numbers. It is like it's. It is. You've seen it before. It's different in the fact that like it is a villain. I'm gonna give it. Villain, I'm gonna give it eighty percent paint by numbers. I'm gonna give it eighty percent. And I'm gonna you. say the twenty percent that deals with actual politics of antihero was really well done. I agree with you because uh, yeah. the JSA I was rooting for just as much as Black Adam, and I felt genuinely conflicted like I did with Daredevil and Kingpin. Yes, and I like the way that they set them up though, because I, what I didn't like when um, Man of Steel came out. I love that movie. And then they just threw him into a movie with Batman. And and Ben Affleck... Did not work for me. No. And Ben Affleck's Batman didn't even get a movie. Right. Like, but The I think, sequel to anything shouldn't be someone else's introduction that is of the scale of Batman. Right. And that you just said the magic word. This on is this, the difference. You said on the scale of Batman. Yeah. I had I don't really know much about the Justice League, uh, Justice uh, Society of America at all. Mm -hmm. um, I had known, okay, Haw Hawkman comes in, great. And then here's Adam Smasher. Here's... Cyclone? Yep. And um, and then Dr. Um, Dr. Fate. Dr. Fate. I had never even heard of these characters. So I didn't need them to have standalone movies. But now you probably want a Hawkman movie. Way more than I would have beforehand. So this is how you do it. You do, Like a lot of times doing that, rushing to a team can be really dangerous. But when you do it right, it makes you want spinoffs yeah. versus when you do it wrong and then you feel like you've wasted the characters. I enjoyed the movie. I had a fun time. I do so much I, smiling. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I felt like I was just watching a fun movie that I, and I, I liked is is the rock essentially the rock in this movie he is i'm gonna go that 80 20 thing again and i'm gonna say like i liked that he was stoic and genuinely a little bit he wasn't always charming he, he wasn't and smiling, smiling and crack yeah crack, absolutely and i thought the, the thing the timing that he did with the with the catchphrase and all that worked really well and i liked that about the humor where the humor wasn't over the top yep and i dug it um but it's that the thing was yeah you, it's it's hard when to try to separate him because sure. he's this larger than life personality in general. But he so, wasn't always likable, which I was impressed by. Agreed. And agreed. that's that's not easy for no, the no, rock. No, no. no and, he, and he had to because of, of, of the pain that he goes through. Yeah. Ted Adam has to go through. And I didn't know. Did you know the twist already? Uh, which, which twist? The fact that it, that he wasn't that kid. Oh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I, I, the comic book leans into both narratives. So okay. I thought maybe they were going to go there, but I wasn't sure, and I liked that. I liked that. Yeah. And I, and I, because the whole time I'm like, well, why was it, what happened to this kid? Why is the kid a scumbag? Yeah. Right? And then but the only thing that threw me off a little bit that I that I was, I was and I guess it didn't trick me, but in one of the trailers you see hit the kid and the, and the wife die. Right. And, I didn't and like that, that gives a decent amount of way. And then you look and you go, oh, yeah. 
I didn't like that part of it, but that's the trailer. It has nothing to do with the movie. Um, but I like the idea that this guy was, in the beginning, he tells his son, he's like, stay out of it. Yeah. Don't get involved. But it's his kid that's chosen. It's his kid that's the one who's the righteous one and that would be the right protector and is the right protector for years until the kid says, Dad, I need you. You're, I'm going to give this to you. And then they shoot the kid dead. Yeah. Like, all of the way that that played, I thought it was emotional. I thought it, I thought it worked, and I and I, I like that to where I go back to agreeing with you what you said before, where it is that's less of a paint by numbers thing, right. and that was a little bit different and a little bit of a shift. It's the other stuff that uh, like normal kind of superhero tropes that played into it that I'm not complaining about being paint by numbers. Paint by numbers has a negative connotation to it, also where it's like oh, I've seen it a million times before. Sure, but was that entertaining? Yeah, when were you happy talking? to see it the other million times? Because right. I was happy to see it this time. It's when it's it's when it's not. It's when you've seen it a million times and it's boring. Yeah, or it's not entertaining and there's no oomph behind it. That's when you lose me. This movie did not suffer from no oomph. It's like it's an it's it's eighty seven cups of trade coffee. Oh, hundred percent. Right? Yeah. The trade coffee flowed. Yes. Now I I don't like to pit one company against each other because I think it's childish and yeah. I think like if you look at Jeff Johns and Kevin Feige, they're friends. Like Marvel DC doesn't have the rivalry that the fans do. Right. But I will say I think this is a bigger step in DC's right direction than Marvel took this year. I couldn't agree with you more. And and that's not to you know one is better no, than the other. But I'm acknowledging. But, but, you, but you also when you're looking at you're, you're looking, looking at, at the the state of you're filmmaking looking at sports teams. You're going who's what? How are the teams? What doing? was the year like? Yeah, how are the teams doing? And I would say this was a better move because if you look at Black Adam, Peacemaker. Harley Quinn season three, DC had a banger of a year. Sure. And and we've we've had a lot of bad press because of the Discovery thing and all those things. I think we need right. to acknowledge that DC had a banger of a release as year. As far as the material itself that actually released. came out. Not, not, the, not, the, not the behind the, the scenes, not the, not the ownership not, of it. Right? And not the next year we're going to get. Who knows what's going to be next it's year tr- because of this. It's true, but you, when you look at the build up to it and you look at what it needs to do overall, I think it I think it does the job. I don't, I don't, what I won't understand is this. If people come out of this and say, okay, you know what? It was fine. I I've seen it before, and it didn't really. Eh, it's nothing new. I understand that. What I don't understand is someone goes, "That's a bad movie." This is not a bad. I movie. disagree, and the, and I movie. don't agree with the forty nine or whatever Rotten Tomato score because those and and people well, misunderstand minute, Rotten yes. Tomatoes all the time. Yes, right? We I'm should saying. quantify. Yes, Rotten Tomatoes is basically colorizing a black and white photo. It's saying pass fail on something that isn't pass fail. So it's how many critics said it was passing and how many critics said it was failing. Correct. It's not that the movie is 49% good. It's that if there's 200 critics, 102 said they didn't like it. So, so that's the issue. But it's also, it's, it's this. This is the way Rotten Tomatoes is. Someone's certified on the, th- on the platform. Let's say that I say the movie, I liked it. I'm, I can't get it to a three. I'm going to go 2.8, but it's almost there for me. Fail. And a lot, right. That, that is a negative review. Now, if I said, it's fine, it's good enough, it's three, it's three. And let's say everyone goes, that's ah, good enough, it's a three. It would get a 90, it would get 100 on there. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone thinks it's the best movie. They just think that it was good enough or not that good, as opposed to, or if it's, this is garbage, it's a zero, and then everybody thinks it stinks. It just, all that means when you see that, that it's a number fresh, of it reviews. just means it's over, that enough people went over that three. And that's what's messy, and that's why I say it's like colorizing a black and white yeah, photo because yeah. it's it's pass fail, and then when you see a number, you colorize it. You yes, think it's yes. a thing that it isn't. That's that's absolutely right because I think that enough people would probably get to this thing. Like, as I said, this is not a critics movie. No, it's not. Those fifty one percent went in thinking it was, and and that's what's so weird to me is obviously you have to see all these movies, you have to do your job. You're a critic, that's your thing. Yeah, but not me. I. 
not I'm a commentator. Yeah. I'm a hype man. I'm yeah. the boombox guy. Well, I mean, look, I like to give my opinions on it. If I don't like something, I'm going to say I don't like it. I clearly that, that that's that's the funniest thing. Not to get into a whole She-Hulk thing again. <laughs> I I anti Marvel shield. No, what's hilarious is I said I I I was pretty clear in the I, I think I liked three episodes mm-hmm. out of the nine. And I said it many times. Like, I didn't really. I don't think the show. One, two, and eight, right? Yeah. And I said, I don't think I like this show. I, mean, I said, I don't like this show. By the end of it, I didn't like it. Sure. Wasn't, wasn't for me. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I said those words. I didn't like the show. Someone goes, Well, can you just <laughs> you didn't like the show? I uh, I did. I uh, here's a words. clip. Right, but it's like, but I think that that's the thing with being critic. As a for, critical though, is not I liked it. I didn't like it. That's not what a critic does. A critic is like again. I used. I always use the examples of. William Bibiani, Christy Lemire, Alonzo Duralde, who analyze and, and just can really break down their thoughts. And I don't agree with Bibiani maybe ever. I agree with that because but, but I I'm don't watch though, movies that way. But Right. But what I'm saying, though, with Bibiani, Bibiani is a brilliant film critic. Oh, and I'll never disagree with what he sees. I just don't see it. Right. But I'm also, that's why I don't say that I'm, I mean, as you say, you, you consider yourself, like, as far as a hype man, someone yeah. who loves comics. That's not me. I'm just someone who just likes to watch things and say, I liked it. I didn't like it. Here's the reason why. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe you feel the way I do. Maybe I. Maybe you don't. I think that that's what this movie is. Yeah. I think this movie is somewhat the, the casual movie. I want to see a movie today. What do you want to say? Well, The Rock's got a new movie. Yeah, what is it? He's a superhero. He's running around. He kills people. Great. And then, you know, there's some kind of adventure that they want. And that's why all three of those jobs need to exist, right? Right. Like, you need someone that if you want critical analysis, you've got Bibiani. If you want someone that's, like, your everyday person that's just going to be, you know, honest and neutral, you got you. And then if you want someone that you're like, I want to feel more excited about something, they got me. Those are three very different jobs. Absolutely. And I think it's important to, when you're looking at us and our job, know the difference for the guy. Like, you lovely people, it's important to know why you're watching or listening to us. And I think that this movie needed more of the me's and you's than the Rotten Tomatoes people yeah. for well, we the type know. of movie it is. But we don't know yet. We don't because know the box we, office. We We're recording this on Thursday. Yeah, right, because we don't know <laughs> yet who's going to see it. Not even just box office, right? Because box office can be a little deceiving at first, too. Because let's say a lot of people are hyped up to go see it. We don't know what everybody's going to think of the movie. Right. Because a lot of people will be going for that Superman scene. Right? Yeah. And, and that was what The Rock did brilliantly because, as I said, the thing is this character was not a character a lot of people were familiar with until The Rock started talking about it eight, nine years ago, whenever it was. Yeah. I had no idea who it was until Schnepp told me about, it. well, it's it's the counterpart to Shazam and, and this and that. I'm like, oh, I had never heard of him until The Rock started talking about him. That's yeah. why when I asked Schnepp about it was because The Rock started talking about it. And then The Rock, again, he's been so adamant to get this on screen, and he finally it's a passion project to him. So that being said, like there's there's I think that I'm very curious to what the audience is going to say after seeing it. Right, like, do they are they going to feel the way that we do? Right, are they going to feel like this was just an entertaining movie? There's and it was great to see Superman is a good step forward because I want to see another one. I want Black Adam too. Yes, I also want too. Hawkman now. I would also yeah. love to see a JSA movie with a younger Doctor Fate. I'd love to see all those things because of this movie, not necessarily because of the characters. Yeah. I've always wanted a Hawkman movie, but now I want Aldous Hodge's Hawkman. Aldous Hodge was really good. Incredible. He was really good. In Aldous Hodge, I liked. It was funny because he's a good guy and he's got and he's really his he's got that traditional feel of the hero yeah he's got that traditional feel of the stuff that we've seen and many many times over what the hero's supposed to be and not only is black adam going i don't care what the hero's supposed to be i ain't listening to it well don't kill that person okay kills him and then not only is that and then they wait the way they play it towards that the the, the crowd watching 
They're booing the Justice Society. Yeah. They're rooting for Black Adam. And, and I that is the, why I like the anti-hero yeah, element they played. They yeah. really walked the line there because you're right. Aldous Hodge is exactly a movie star. Yeah. He's got charisma. He's clean cut. He's got this. You, you believe his justice. Yes. And yet he's the bad guy. In a lot of in scenes. In a certain aspect, yes. Yeah, bad guy. Right, to right. our To you, the viewer. Right. And then you feel or bad. It, not even a bad guy, as much of a pain in the ass. Exactly. An antagonist a in, in a moment. Because right. he's so powerful, like, he's yeah. not really an right. antagonist. Like, leave him alone and let him just kill everybody. Stop swatting at right. him. Right. And that leave is more interesting to me than yeah. a lot of superhero movies because you never get the, eh, this right. good guy's a bother. Right. right. And then you get that. I loved I loved that first fight with the Justice yeah. Society and Black Adam. I loved it. What do you think about Doctor Fate when he swarms him? Is such a cool visual. Like it took so much Doctor. I mean, Doctor Strange came out twenty three years after Doctor Fate. By the way, okay. Doctor Fate precedes Doctor Strange by two decades. So then people are like, oh, they're copying Doctor Strange. No, no, no. Decades earlier. Right. But I thought they did a better job immediately capturing that visual than, yeah. than Marvel did with Doctor Strange. I loved Doctor Fate. It's great, and I thought Pierce Brosnan did a great job with it. And the idea, again, the paint by numbers predictability. If you don't know that Dr. Fate is going to be the one that dies, then you don't watch movies. Yeah. I mean, he's just like, he's like, oh, I see someone dying. He's like, he's, and they show Hawk, Hawkman. You're like, I wonder if Hawk it's Man. the guy called Dr. Fate. Right. It's played clearly, by it, a man in his 70s that probably doesn't want to do a lot of these. So that, so that to me, when that happened, when, when, when that was going on, I was, this is where I was like, okay, well, this, uh, I, I, not, not once did I ever think that he wasn't going to be the one that died. Right. Um, and I really liked, like, after what I, what I did like is after they put Teth Adam in, uh, you reveal, and he, and he kind of realizes, maybe I want not the guy for this, and he says Shazam, and he gets put into the into yeah. the thing. I'm like, where are they going with this? And then once, I'm like, oh, well, wait a minute. And that was the other thing, predictable as hell. That he's going to be right back. Well, no, that the friend that the friend was the bad guy, the, the oh, uh, right. Jafar from uh, Aladdin. <laughs> yeah. well, he was the guy who played Jafar. He played Jafar. Oh, really? Yeah, he played Jafar. <laughs> um, it was, and he he played Jafar in in, in the Aladdin, live action Aladdin. Because they had a very Jafar vibe here. He did. I didn't put those together. That's great. Yeah, he played Jafar in Aladdin. And um, so when he shows up, I'm like, well, that's typecasting. He's going to be bad. And then when they're like, oh, how do we find out? And then they, they, they try to throw you off with the guy punching him in the face in the beginning. Yeah. And he's like, I told you to do this, but don't punch me in the face. And he's like, okay, well, I, that, that, that's where the predictability of it came out. They were like, there's a lot of moments in this movie. And I'm like, okay. The other thing that I said, sometimes the jokes worked. Yeah. Sometimes they didn't. The, I thought that the brother was really good. The brother of, um, of the, uh, what's the, the mom's name? It's the mom, the kid, and the brother. Oh, oh, the, the 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 guy in the van. The 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 karaoke scene was great. See, I didn't like the scene where. Oh, you didn't like karaoke. I didn't when he's when he starts singing at the top of his lungs. I thought it was like ten song. seconds too long. Yes, but I, I liked the it concept. Was that, it was I liked the concept. It immediately made you endeared to him in a, in a unique way. That's exactly right. I liked him. Mm -hmm. I liked what they were going with the bit. The song didn't work. The song wasn't funny to me. Sure, that he was going like he was trying to blast at this thing. I'm like. I see what they're going with. Yeah. This guy could pull off something else because I like him. Yeah. He actually, and not to shamelessly plug, which I will do multiple times this interview, I interviewed all these folks for Nerdist. I asked that actor uh, what his go-to karaoke okay. song would be, and he busted out singing in the interview, and it was funnier. Because, like, so that, that, what you're saying right. is exactly like... they couldn't get the rights for that song. But so like, it was it, great that yeah. the bit, uh, it conceptually worked. Yes. But I did think it, it didn't... I just it was didn't a like long. that song. And, and like... And, by the way, they show you the brutality of the movie because they drop the one dude on the on the floor, just kill him immediately. Right away. Yeah, yeah, I thought it, I didn't know who did that. And it was there was like, an R-rated cut, apparently. It was. Yeah. yeah, they said it was, and you could see why. And so, and that transitions into like the John Colette Sarah, who directed the movie, who I like, and I've I'd known since the Silver Days. Right, mm. did a lot of stuff with my buddy Eric Olson. Um, I love how shy he is. 
Every time I've talked to him, he's so bashful he and shy, and he's making this sure. bloodbath of a movie. He's got a great eye, and he's done yeah. a lot of Liam Neeson movies, and he's done a lot of this, but he's got a great eye. But my, as I say, like there are times that the style really works, yeah. and then there's time it's like, are they trying to do 300 here? Like, there was a couple moments that I felt like the Snyder influence yeah. was tricky, especially because of the, the, the universe they're playing in. Yeah. We're, if, we're, if we're leaving the Snyder Cut world behind, doing Snyderisms is tricky. But because your universe is already established, it does make sense to use them. So I see why and why not. I liked it. It, it wasn't that they used it. It was the, the, the volume of how sure. they used it. There were times where... Much like the song. The song was a little shorter. Yeah. Like if, this, the, if the 3D, I mean, the, 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 the slow-mo was a little shorter. Yes. Yeah, so when Black Adam first comes, when she says his name and he shows up, and he starts just killing fools. Yeah. The slow motion and the stuff that they use there, brilliant. Sure. Like, and they even show it in the trailer one of them where he's coming in and he's throwing the shots. He moves quick and he's like, wow, he's brutal. And it's like a phantom camera where you see the water rolling off yeah, in a way yeah, that yeah. isn't CGI. I and I Gorgeous. Loved, I love that. But then there's, there's, I don't know if it's in that particular scene, but there's a few times afterwards where they're like, Okay, they're just like let's not go si style over substance. Let's let's elevate the scene with the style. Sure. And there were times that the style elevates the scene, and then there's times where it's like, and now that person's in slow motion, and now that person's in slow motion, and now there's a fly in slow motion, and now there's a piece of pizza in slow motion. It's like it's like no no no, move the yeah. scene, move the scene, and it it's it's like it's not. It wasn't so distracting that there was because sometimes there's movies that do that. And you're like, oh my god, I'm exhausted. Yeah. I wasn't exhausted by it. It was just like, okay, that time it didn't work. The same way with the humor. Actually, the Snyder Cut's a great example of like it being just a little too much. Because I remember there was like 20% of the Snyder Cut was in slow-mo. Okay. And I was like, this is a four-hour movie. Like, I could have... If the movie wasn't four hours, it wouldn't have been as bad. But since we're already on this journey together, maybe a little bit much. And I do feel like that's something the DC Universe like struggles with a bit, is when to say, like, that's enough. It was, it was style. I mean, I think that... And what I will say, I was... And jumping into one of the major positives for me is I thought the kid was great. Oh yeah. And the mom, I was so invested in that relationship. Isn't she a, a superhero? Isn't she becomes she? one. Yeah. yeah. She becomes one. So, um, the kid though, I always get nervous when it comes down to this, where it's like, okay, black Adam's going to come in and then he's going to, it's going to be this Terminator. And it had a feel of like the Terminator two mm -hmm. feel, but it's going to be this thing where he's just going to be good now because the kid's going to convince him to be good. I was good. worried about that too. And now the kid's going to uh, say, no, you don't need to be this, this murderous, the kid's like, kill everybody. Yeah. And the, and the kid's like, do it. And, but the kid also has to rise up and tell, and tell the people at the end to rise up and to fight. I thought the kid did a great job. And I, I, I love that. Kid. And I like the parallel, honestly, between Shazam, right? Because this yes, is the dark yes. Shazam. So you've got a kid much like Jack Dylan yeah. Grazer and he's kind of playing off that archetype. And I thought that was genius to have yeah. the kid kind of mirror Jack Dylan Grazer in a lot of ways. And I thought it was the style part that I did like is when this kid is a massive superhero fan. Yeah. Right? And he's got all, he's a Batman hanging on his wall and Wonder Woman. And then there's that fight that, uh, when, when Black Adam's fighting and he's got, and he's, and he's, blasting through and, and Superman's getting hit in the face and Wonder Woman's getting blown off the wall and all that. And like, I thought that that yeah. was a great. That and that, and that mirrors the scenes in Shazam where Jack Dylan Grazer's a big superhero fan and he's referencing things to him. Right. They did a really good job keeping these movies compelling completely separate. They did. But when they come together, it's going to feel more natural because of the subtlety of the seeds they planted. Yeah. And I, and I, and I did love, again, when he's telling me he needs a catchphrase and he's telling the man in black told you. And I like, I liked that Teth Adam was like, 
not fighting it the whole time. I was like, okay. And, and he, he does have a relationship with the kid, but that's why I give the reference of the, the stuff that did work in the Terminator 2 world, like the stuff that worked between... Because if you go back and you talk about how a Terminator is starting to bond with a kid and you didn't see the movie, it could sound ridiculous. Right. But the way it plays and the way James Cameron played it, it worked. And I thought it worked here. Because like, it took till the third act. And yes. I believed it taking till the third yeah. act as opposed to like, we need this narratively to go this way. Yeah, and I love the idea when he's looking for him and he's trying and he's dropping people out and he's killing people as he's looking for him and, and the justice society's trying to and the bit that i did think work was when like like i said there was some stuff that in the humor that really worked and other things that didn't one of the ones that did work i love when hawkman keeps looking at uh adam smashers like me and you yeah me and you. <laughs> every time every time it works for me every key. time and what did you think of him uh which adam or hawkman adam he was, I thought, my, he was the weakest for me i i agree i thought that he had the least options to do because of the way they played him i don't blame noah centineo yeah. but i do think the way he was written like what else could he have done the mask was expressive and fun the jokes were yeah. very simple and the henry winkler cameo so good yeah but like what else i i couldn't think you know if i was noah centineo what else would i have done yeah it's not i i agree with you it's not necessarily his fault because the character doesn't have much to do except to grow big, be kind of a goofy person. Even I'm at the, the new end, guy. Yeah, and even at the end of the movie where he's just like, are we friends? And, and it's like, don't make this awkward or whatever, or whatever yeah. Black Adam says. But even that, they didn't have enough of a relationship. He had that. a one-note role that he yeah. did what he could with, but yeah. I kept thinking, like, what would I change? The only thing that I will say, though, is that there are some people, there are some actors yeah, that, just that, that just have presence. And I have to say, after this performance... And, and not performance, but after, because he wasn't bad in the role. Sure. But he didn't, like, stand out. I thought Cyclone stood out. Dude, Quintessa Swindell. She was great. Woo! I don't think Noah stood out, and I said, I'm glad that he's not being He-Man anymore. Glad oh, that's right, anymore. he was. I'm glad that he wasn't, because I don't think he's got the camera, I don't think he has the charisma to pull it off. Because every time Quintessa was on screen, I was like, curious, teach me, what? I had no idea who she was, who the character was, and yeah. every time she was on screen, I was like, Tell me more. Yeah. She, and, and I don't think she had enough to do. Yeah. And I think that the, the relationship with her and Adam Smasher was cool. And there was like the new kids who were coming in. Sure. And they played and they played well. But it was really the most interesting to me was the relationship that they set up well with Hawkman and Dr. Fate. Yeah. Because of their relationship and it, the idea that. You felt that bond. Yeah. you you, you did, And that also is a testament. Again, going back to your point, it's what those two actors did and how good they both are yeah. that made that work because they didn't necessarily, it wasn't such a detailed thing. It was we had no origin whatsoever. We literally got thrown right, in with these it characters. Was their performances that you And their about. bond. And that was the difference between them and, say, Noah. And they're also more experienced than Noah right. is. Um, and also, to shamelessly plug again, yeah. Pierce Brosnan said the moment he felt like Dr. Fate was when he was working with Hawkman. Right. He, he credited Aldous with right. making him feel like the character. And that showed on screen. When they were together, you immediately felt the history. And that's my point to you when it comes to, it's not that that goes roles were so layered right it's what aldous and pierce brosnan did together so much presence that it's their presence i mean aldous hodge has been a movie star we yes. just we need to put him in things like uh the invisible man the whole time i was like this guy needs to be everywhere right. aldous right. hodge has been and i mean he's, he's been out here since he was a teenager give th this man lead roles i think he's gonna have more to do after this and he should um He's also invested in superheroes to a level that like most actors aren't. Oh, he builds costumes. Oh, does he so really? he's part of the company that's doing the Blue Beetle suit. And oh, he's Hawkman. Great. Dude is oh, making cool. Blue Beetle while he's Hawkman. I love that. That's yeah, great. I, I got a lot that. of love for all this. That's great. I, me too. I was, I was always a fan of his, but this one made me more of a fan because I thought he played the role perfectly. I thought he played, and I thought that him and, um, and Dwayne Johnson had a great um, back and forth. And they and the buildup between the two of them of, of you know, two opposing points of view and just in general and here's no this, crossover yeah i will say and i said this last time and you guys on on capes and cows tried to make a point of it which i i'm, I'm gonna push back on um i did think it was a little convenient 
5,000 years after being was in Egypt, right? Yeah. He wakes up, he's speaking perfect English. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like The Rock. And it's like, you could have done... You could have done something where it's like he starts talking um, his, his, his language mm -hmm. and then... Whatever the native whatever, Kandak language was at the time. Yeah. 5,000 years ago, and then he comes back in and then whatever it might be and then tunes into it, starts talking. Winston Maybe did bring up a good point, though, listening for a half a second of like multiple people talking. Yeah, like, they didn't show that. They, they could have shown that. That's, that's, that's my I point. I see what you're saying. Show it. Yeah. Show them, show them for a second tuning in mm -hmm. to hearing them talk. And, you know, I, I do want to give street cred to the nerdery of the actors in this. Uh, the Rock clearly invested 15 yeah. years of investing and knew the comics, knew what he wanted, cared a lot. Pierce Brosnan did a ton of Dr. Fate research from our conversation I and actually that. invested. And then Aldis being, again, super suits, but also he's a big comic fan and so is his whole family. So when we were at San Diego Comic-Con, I kept running into Aldis and his family found out I was hosting Hall H. His family kept asking me about the Berserker comics. His oh, family cool. was super invested. And uh, his sister is like a real rejects fan and watches stuff like this. Amazing. So they're all comic nerds. And that I think is why those three roles shown so bright yeah, you can is they're invested. That's the thing. You can tell the amount of passion I went into this movie. And I think that that's why I ultimately really enjoyed it because it didn't feel like, even though there were things that I've seen a million times over, even though it didn't, it wasn't as layered as something. And it doesn't need to be as layered all the time. Like I'm watching house of the dragon and Andor. Great example. For different reasons than I'm watching this movie. And like, I'm watching Eternals. Correct. For a different reason, I'm watching Black Adam. Right, right. And Two things that, uh, and I, I do want to talk about this because we started this like right before we filmed. Yeah. We were saying that we're two of the only people that probably liked both uh, right. loudly. I went into Eternals wanting what I got and I experienced a three hour introspective journey of what that kind of superhero film yeah. can be. I went into Black Adam and I got two hours of a third act of a film, exactly what I went in for. Those yeah. need to be different mindsets or you're not gonna enjoy anything. Absolutely, this is, and, and as I'm watching this and I was, I was watching this movie and I was just, it, I was never bored. I was- Not once. Never bored and some people, and I think a fair criticism if, if someone did say this, is that it just, it doesn't give you a chance to breathe, right? And it's just action, 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 boom, 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 fight, 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 sure. fight, fight. And I understand that. I liked that. I wanted um, that this time. I, yeah. <laughs> that, those are this the magic time. words. This time, I, that's what I wanted. I went in and I bought a The Rock movie ticket to Black Adam, and I knew what I wanted, and I got it. I just wanted to see Carnage. I wanted to see fighting. I wanted to hear great music. Yep. And that score, dude, I haven't gone come out of a movie, whether it's Star Wars or... Um, or freaking Marvel or anything recently and wanting to keep playing. Like, that's how I know I really like a score. This and the Batman. I'm telling you, man, this was a great the year. Batman's for, a great but year. that was the last time, right? Yeah. Like I've listened to the Batman score yeah. nonstop. Yeah, the this Batman, is the Batman's a good one too. So that was, that was the one I was listening to, but this I've listened to even more than the Batman. Like I can tell, and I think that the rock definitely had something to do with it because it does sound like something he would walk out to it. It's about drive. It's about power. It is. And it's like, it's a, um, it's like it was, and, and and the composer was like a student of Hans Zimmer, and you can tell, you can feel that, so that really worked. Um, now, before we get into what everybody wants to talk about, <laughs> and we'll get into it in a second, I do want to tell you guys we're very excited. We're working now with Wondery, and that's pretty awesome. I've been a fan of Wondery for a long time, so the fact they're coming on, um, this is pretty great. So, what's awesome is that if you like, and people have been asking me about Lord of the Rings. And I haven't had a chance to see it. Well, guess what they have? They have they have the Lord of the Rings Power uh, the Lord of the Rings Power podcast. Felicia Day, everybody knows Felicia Day. She's the best, right? 
Brett knows Felicia Day. Brett, Brett used to work with Felicia Day. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they were they were really good buddies. And Brett's like, wait, Felicia Day? That's my pal. Uh, several guests, and they, they provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series, and then they also talk about what it took to bring Middle Earth to life. Now, each episode of the official podcast, it has exclusive interviews with the series showrunners, J.D. Payne, Patrick McKay, including the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale. Everybody's talking about the finale. Everybody's asking me when I seen it. Well, I haven't seen it, but Felicia and her crew have, and she talks to a lot of Felicia Day is, is, a, is an OG legend. So go and check her out. Felicia, she also goes behind the scenes with the cast and crew to bring you jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs that you don't want to miss. Watch The Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. You can download the Amazon Music app right now. So... You can go deeper into the uh, canals of Numenor, man, in the minds of uh, Khazad-dum more if you do it by listening to the official Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power podcast. I'm excited for that one because once I finally do <laughs> watch the finale, which, yes, I will. Everybody's, everybody's asking me, going to watch the finale. I will. And then I'm going to be able to go and listen to this. And when they told me, when Wondery was coming on and they told me about... Um, this uh you know the the felicia day doing and i was like absolutely i love felicia day i would actually brett brett has never introduced me you know, <gasps> never introduced for me. shame not a once she's a sweetheart i know he's 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 been uh he, they, they're buddies they've been buddies. He, i used was, to work with her at geek and sundry were you at geek and sundry is no, that oh you silly goose he was in the he was in the, that show though what, what's what's the name of the, the, guild. the guild oh the guild he was in the guild oh that's amazing yeah. so you know michelle boyd yeah tiny My world wife. tiny world that was, that was your wife in it yeah. oh that was oh the, i Many conversations. Hilarious. We're going to talk about that. Anyway, make sure you <laughs> Behind check the out. scenes on the big thing. Yeah, make sure you check out the show. on, on uh, and, and we're very excited to um, to be working with Wondery and also to be able to talk about that show and Felicia's show. So check it out. Um, okay. Let's do it, man. Let's talk about it. Let's talk, talk about, about the hierarchy of power changing. Everybody, you know, this is... Let's talk about the first thing we get into this is how Dwayne Johnson really made this happen. Right? Well, I told you right before air, uh, the shocking fact I just found out is that they shot this scene Labor Day. Which is crazy. That is a month ago. Right. That is just now. That's after that, Comic-Con. That's paperwork. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's literally that's, like. That's paperwork. So I think all those conversations at Comic-Con were like, I'm trying, guys. I'm really trying. Right. He meant I can't, to. I can't. He's like, I can't. It's it's close, but yeah. I can't bring the guy. Because, and, he, and look, he's smart for not bringing him out on stage because if you bring that's him out the on moment. If, but yes, and if you bring him out on stage when nothing is signed, and then it doesn't happen, egg on your face, hundred percent. And the Rock ain't gonna get egg on his face. Also, you're not gonna get that first moment again ever. Why not have it in the movie? One hundred. You're never gonna have a first impression right. of them seeing each other again. Right. And and people would then counter with, well, why not surprise it? Because you're gonna add another ten to fifteen million dollars by promoting it. Yep. That's why. And that's exactly what Dwayne Johnson has done, and he knows it. And you can tell because of how much passion he's put into this. And he's also in an advantage right now because of the shift in where DC is at the moment. And yeah. he's able, and it's a power play, right? He's got a lot more power than most actors ever will. 100%. He's one of the true, like, and we've said this many times over, the movie star, by definition of what the movie star was in the 80s and 90s, is pretty much non-existent. It's I not agree. used back in the day for people that weren't familiar with it. Or you would, you would have, like, oh, the new so-and-so movie is coming out. The new Will Smith movie. The new Tom Cruise movie. The new... <laughs> the Top Gun guy? <laughs> yeah, the Top Gun guy. But, like, they, but they, but they would do... The, like, Tom Cruise, to this day, yes, Top Gun mm -hmm. sold. And Mission Impossible sells. 
But Tom, but Tom Cruise doesn't necessarily just sell anywhere just off his name. He's more than most, but still not like, I mean, right. Edge of Tomorrow wouldn't have gotten made without Tom Cruise, but it didn't do the numbers it needed to. Correct. He's still a major movie star. They still the, retitled it halfway it, through its run. The movie star still exists. Right. But the movie star doesn't always sell, right? Like Arnold and other- Brad Pitt's not day. a guarantee. And that's crazy. Right. And then back in the day, Arnold- yeah, would be able. Like, you know, the new Arnold movie's coming out. What? What is it? Who cares? There's not a lot of names above the title anymore. Right. It's not Tom Cruise's Top Gun every time. Dwayne Johnson's becoming one of those. Yeah. Now the reason why, like, yes, it is a superhero movie. It is a DC movie. But as we said, it's Dwayne Johnson that made this character yeah. relevant. It was he. He was the one who fought for it. So he's got a lot of pull right now. He's got a lot of power right now. And from what I heard, Warner Brothers wasn't even going to go to Comic Con. They had mm-hmm. no. They had no interest in going. It was Dwayne Johnson that wanted to go. I still think, and this is not a Dwayne Johnson mistake, I think this was a Warner Brothers mistake, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know the, the, the insides outs. I think they're, what they, and I'm pretty vocal about this, I think the problem that they made with Comic-Con was they announced when you looked at the actual bill, it was Warner Brothers presents whatever the hell it was, and then in the description with presentations from yeah. Shazam. It should have been the Black Adam Shazam panel. 100%. That's what, because if you market it like that. No one's disappointed. No, and it's the audience's mistake to thinking that Henry Cavill was there. They was never the audience's mistake to think they were going to announce anything else? They should have called it. Well, no, 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 no. That's, I disagree with that. Oh, you're saying that's branding I'm mistake? Saying, I'm saying it's, that's not the audience. If, if you tell me that it's a Warner Brothers panel, yeah, okay, it's not my fault. Because most people don't read past that. I see what you're saying. Because Warner Brothers has had many Comic-Con things in the past. Yeah. So if I'm seeing Warner Brothers Presents, I'm going, okay, with presentations from Shazam and this, but they're going to announce other stuff. Yeah. If it says Shazam Black Adam panel, I know what I'm getting. Right. Now, it's the audience's fault if they just start reading rumors and think Henry Cavill's going to show up. That's not Dwayne Johnson's fault. Sure. That's not anybody's fault. Except yours because you read something on uh, uh, Deadline, which probably came from somewhere else anyway. Right. Um, so, uh, but the, so that's being said, it was his pull, his power to say, I want to go, dresses up in the suit, goes and has a, yeah. has a big Great panel. It was. It was a big, it was a, it was a, it was a good panel. Again, would have had more impact if they called it the Black Adam Shazam panel. But he also, from the rumors that said that him and Hamada, Bumping head. Yeah. Amato wanted to do the J.J. Um, Abrams kind of, he wanted to go down the black Superman route. And wanted a faceless Superman again, I heard. Okay. I heard the original post credit scene was Superman again, but faceless again. That would have been three times right. Shazam, Peacemaker, and this. That doesn't work. We don't. You can't keep doing that. And it, and and it, it, it didn't work the first time. And you're also starting to piss people off because yeah. no one wanted Henry Cavill to walk away. Right. No Fan-wise. No one, wanted, no one wanted him to walk away. And Henry Cavill was very publicly like, Still in my closet. I'm still ready. He wants and like, to do it. he loves Superman. Right. We love him as Superman. You're only alienating the audience you need. And obviously, the um, relationship that Danny Garcia has with uh, with Henry Cavill, and there's pictures from like years ago with the two of them sitting down having conversations. I think they rep each. Doesn't Danny rep Henry Cavill? I'm, I'm always so confused of what the report is. Like the, the report is either that they they're repped, but because I thought because they someone says that she that. Danny reps him, but I thought she's a producer. I didn't think she was a manager. I thought she no, was a that's producer. very confusing. Yeah, because she's I'm, part of the company, but you, I guess you could be. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, <laughs> either way, I th- I thought they were represented together from the same firm. Yeah, that's what I thought. But then I heard conflicting. Either way, they're 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 close. The, the, Dwayne Johnson has also become close with Henry Cavill. They're having these conversations, as you said, the paperwork finally, and he went around Walter Hamada, if you believe the reports, and said, "Okay, look, 
This guy doesn't know what he's talking this about. This is happening. And I also don't think it's coincidental because Hamada just announced he's out. Yeah. And they knew he was out. And I think that uh, Zaslov, I'll call him Zaslov on this one because this is, a good, <laughs> this because is a, a good move. When he does things that are right, I'm going to call him Zaslov. And I think that saying, okay, listen, everybody wants Henry Cavill back. Rock's been saying it inside of the thing going, we're listening to the fans. We're bringing this guy back. Yeah. And they brought him back. And Zaslov was there for Labor Day. And Zaslov then quickly was like, hey, Man of Steel 2, Wonder Woman 3, The Batman 2. Like, that's a power move you to come out to. the week of Black Adam and say, like, hey, that world you want yeah. is still going. But use what you got. Right. And you have it all. Yeah. You've got it all. And you bring it. And, and, and Affleck's coming back. And then you're going to have all this stuff. And a potential new Flash. I had a whole giant pitch about restarting the DC Universe by doing a DC Black Label and then restarting everyone because I didn't believe this was possible. I thought there was too much bad blood. I thought the actors were out. I thought none of this could happen. The fact that these announcements all came as one chunk shows me that DC is in a way better place than I was afraid. Well, but this is also the thing, again... Zaslov, as I will call him during this time, because the thing that he's doing that is correct is that he's his bedside manner is atrocious. Agreed. Atrocious. His moves at the moment with this about rebooting this stuff, putting Henry Cavill in there, doing the Batman 2, waiting, you know, these things that he's putting into play yeah. could have a major, major positive effect on the future of DC. Mm -hmm. And that's also listening to someone like Dwayne Johnson who wants to be, he now... He's in a he's in a very interesting spot now, Dwayne Johnson, because if this movie does the 150 200 million dollar worldwide mm -hmm. that it's guaranteed, well, not guaranteed, being projected to do, sure, he's then in that position to say, okay, well, my movie did well, I put it in, I got Henry Cavill back in it, I want a bigger role in DC. Yeah, if it doesn't do well, they're going to go, well, it didn't do that well, whatever. But jumping into the scene, so I was a bit confused by it, not confused, but they set up this whole movie. That Ted Adam is now now officially Black Adam. He comes in, and the, uh, Amanda Waller says, "Okay, fine, do your thing." But you're trapped there. But you're but you're trapped there. Um, and then you know, and he's like, "She's like, if you don't, then I'm gonna have to send somebody." He's like, "We'll send someone then," and then she sends Superman, and it's like, okay, but. Why? He just saved the world from this guy. He didn't do anything bad yet. This is the, if, he, if it would have happened like 45 minutes before. See, I think it was to say, like, you just showed me the extent of your powers. From Waller's perspective, she needs to keep her thumb over everything. And from right. Superman's perspective, it's, hey, I need to make sure this guy's in the up and up. So, so, I, not, so that works so for me. So he's not there to fight. No. I, it's, it's not that it didn't work. I'm just trying to figure it all out. He's not there to fight. He's just letting them know, I'm watching. Yeah, guy, okay. you've made because his line of dialogue was, the world hasn't been this nervous in a long time. Right, to me, right. what, what great, great Superman line. But also, I'm not here to fight. I'm letting you know I'm around. Like, just let's let's have this conversation. Let's talk. To me, that was a great like altruistic Superman. But also, like, bro, I got you. I'm still, yeah, I'm still here. And so, Amanda's you know. was like, I got my thumb on you. You're under my control, even though she. And I loved that. All three it's of the it. characters yeah, it acted worked. exactly it in. Viola Davis is just. Oh, so what a good. powerhouse! So the. I love that DC up, has evil Nick Fury. Like, I love that yeah. the connecting tissue is like, I'm not gathering a team, I'm fighting you. Right, and then, especially after you've been on the journey so far, what she's been doing, whether you're watching Peacemaker or all this stuff. So, And I love the the uh, appearance by... In yes, uh, they've connected the universe so yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way that they did that was great. So, but she's working with Amanda Waller. Again, yeah, you know, which, which is, is interesting, interesting for Peacemaker, too. how they're going to play that with Peacemaker. And I want to see how it all connects. Um, but, again, the scene. Cavill shows up with the great haircut. <sighs> 
haircut, the, haircut the, the better great. suit. I the like this suit, suit. Better haircut and the hint of the John Williams. Yep. Music. The hint of the John Williams. Which I think was, again, The Rock listening to fans and going, let's do a greatest hits. Let's use Cavill like yeah. we want. Let's get the old school, like the, the right amount of score. Maybe you could have used a little bit more, but like the old sound. And then the suit that feels like iconic it to does. us. I think it was set up in Super Pets. I'm not even kidding you. That that post credit, the music. Oh, if you watch, if you watch, if you watch the Super Pets movie, they use the John Williams score a lot, a lot. The opening, the hierarchy of power, in the DC universe was DC Super Pets. I, I'm not, and the, the post credit scene was, was Black, Black Adam. Adam, and so. When, I, I love that that movie came out before they filmed the scene yes. so that The Rock got to make sure it happened. Yeah, Think well, about it. And I know it's true. The interaction look, happened no, no, no matter no, what. Absolutely. So when I, when I was watching that and I went and they started playing the John Williams score, I'm like, I, I'm hopeful for a lot of things here because yeah. I do think there's certain, there are certain scores of characters and stuff that come in and you're like, okay, it's changed now. We'll move it like Batman and stuff too. Like, I still... Love the idea that we're going to get Danny Elfman's Batman theme in The Flash. At yeah. least I'm, I'm hoping, right? But I think that something like Superman, that dun, 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 it's just so synonymous with Superman, and I love the Hans Zimmer scene. Sure. And I wouldn't even mind having like a mixture of both. The way yeah. that, that there's a classic um, uh, video that came out, and Riley had found this a while ago, and it's a blend of Zimmer and Zimmer's theme and Williams' theme together. Have you ever heard it? No. Oh, dude. It's that sounds great, special, and it blends together. And I hope that they do something it's like, like Chichino that. did with the Spider-Man score, where it builds through the movies, and then at the end, it's the it's the almost classic but them. orchestral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can in, in No Way Home, you can you hear, hear all you of it. hear all three of them uh, for sure. But like I, but I'll play this for you before you leave. And it's and if you haven't, I can't play it on the show. Um, but if you guys have a chance, go and check it out. It's the mixture between Hans Zimmer and, and John Williams, and I hope that they do it because they own both of them. How much is Riley freaking out right now that his boy's back? Um, I think he's. I think he's going. He is an example of someone that I don't think was going to see the movie. Yeah, and then is going to see it because of the scene. Because he's going to lose his mind. Yeah, and so that was why I think that the the Rock knew what to do. His 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 promoting on this was just extraordinary. I, I've worked in movie theaters a lot of my life up until being able to do this full time, and this is the first time I'm like, man, I just want to go to a theater all day and walk into the credits. Like I during Civil War, I was working at a movie yeah, theater, and I'd go in and watch Spider Man, and watch I'd watch the audience. Right during Civil War, it was right, like fifty two right, minutes in, I would just watch the audience. I see this is the first time since I've left the movie theater industry that I'm like, I want to go back and just be in the credits. Right. What do you What do you think? I mean, are you going to go back to see the movie again? Yeah, uh, I probably I'm speaking. It's the first. It's and it's funny. It's like I, I've liked I've liked other comic book movies better than this one. Sure, but I haven't wanted to go back. And watch them again. Like, so, for example, like, I, if you gave me, like, what do I think is the better over, I don't want to do a full comparison here, but what do I think is a better crafted, written movie, this or Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi. What did I enjoy more? This. Mm. I enjoyed watching this more. So I saw No Way Home four times in theaters because I loved it. And then I saw Batman three times in theaters because I loved it. A lot of the other ones I've only rewatched because of work. Like I, I presented some of the other movies. Batman three times in the theater. Man, I love that. That's movie. a great movie, but that's a long I spent, movie. I spent nine hours in the first ten days, dude. I saw that it's movie. A good, it's a really good in movie. a first week and a half, it's three a really times. Good movie, but it's a long movie. But like I, I was so invested. But like I haven't. No, you don't come out skipping after that one. Uh, yeah, I'm not exactly. Yeah, yeah, that score you walk out very morose. No. But this movie I came out skipping. I want to have that rush. Yeah. Like this, I want that experience. You listen to this score. This score makes you want to build houses. Oh, dude, I want to it's, do so much. It's like I said, and I and I and I would break my thumb in two seconds. <laughs> I, I need to, to come over and set up a coffee machine. That's true. With tools. But still, it's like 
It, that oh, I love that. I'm on so day three of two a days uh, at the gym, and I've been listening to this at the gym because so I feel like who would be more proud than the yeah. Rock of me at the gym listening to this? Uh, listen, I had fun with this movie. I had a lot and, of fun and with again, it. Again, I still think it ranked. I think it's like three and a half out of out of five. That's what, what I gave I it to. Yeah, I gave it a solid like, B. It's like seven out of ten. Yeah, and it's so either way. Um, I think that we what what did we for the most? I mean, like I said, the setup for. The villain, I think, was had a had a similar problem to like the early MCU days. It wasn't a great. It villain. didn't really. I wasn't invested at no, all. No, man. It's just like he, he, he. There was never a. There was never a massive. But this threat. feels like a phase one. This feels like yeah, a good thing for DC. Does. I it would does. like DC to have a phase one. Me too. Because right now they've had phase half, phase four, phase three. Like goes back DC has been like yeah. this because they. The problem with DC was they went and made a great Man of Steel movie, yep. and then they rushed its first rushed sequel it. by making it a mix of things and almost a Justice League movie itself by having all three of them in it. Join and then their Justice League movie was like, we need to make this two hours when no, it should they, be five. They didn't have the leadership for it. They didn't have. Uh, they didn't have a, a plan. Right. Right. And I think that that's that's what DC suffered for a long time. That's what Lucasfilm in their film division still suffers from. Um, and I think that this is where it, it does feel like a shift. It feels like a make change. Make a phase one. It, make a phase one. Yeah, it feels like a change. <laughs> so, and, uh, and I'm curious. They're looking for writers right now for the Man of Steel sequel. I'm glad that they're doing it. I want to know. I like the names on their shortlist, man. Macquarie's a great call. I? Well, yeah, but it's a matter of is he enough time. Right. With all the but with his Henry stuff. Cavill relationship, I'm hopeful. I know, I know. Anyway, look, uh, I we'll I report on that soon. Is there anything else that we're missing? That uh, we, I mean, we ranted and raved about it because right? yeah. we liked it more than yeah. I, I'm excited to hear what other people think because I haven't been able to talk to anybody. I think if I'm gonna guess, I think the and please make sure that you comment. Obviously, if you've seen the movie, that's why you're here. Um, give me your thoughts on it. What I, if I was to guess, I'm gonna say that we're gonna see a lot of people saying. I thought it was all right. I was kind of. I thought that I did see someone who saw it and agreed with me that but it affected them more in a negative way mm. that the style affected the movie and it took them out of it. Okay. I can see that happening. I can see people just having a really having a blast with it. I can see people who love The Rock just loving the movie. I, yeah. I, I can see every scale of this because I what I can't see if someone going like, when you see like a crap movie, yeah. like, whoa, brutal. Like The Monsters is a crap movie. Right. This is, this, is, this is not a, this is a movie that I can see where you're going. I've seen it before, fine. I'm very curious to see what people are going to say. I'm really excited to have the discourse about the JSA, about the future yeah. of DC. I'm excited for the conversations that are around the corner. Yeah. Like that, that's the best thing about these movies is the conversations after like this. That's what I'm ready for. All right, everybody. So what did you think? Did you like the movie? Did you not like the movie? Make sure that you comment. We want to have a full-on conversation. Both myself and Koi are very active in the comments. We'd love to hear you talk about it, see what you think. Did you like the end credits scene? Did you think that it worked? Did you like the music? What did you think overall? Please let us know. And once again, if you didn't already, please head on over to our, our, our shirt store. We got shirts all over there. We got so many things happening and we hope that you check it out it is on the um it's on the website now and you can go and you can check that out the link is in the description <laughs> the top gun guy so there's so much going on whether it's a podcast feed there's uh apple podcast there is spotify anywhere that podcasts are found you can make sure that you check us out over there thank you once again to carbon health and make sure that you leave in those comments click like and if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel. Trying to get to 70,000 by the end of the year. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. This is the Black Adam spoiler discussion. Myself and Koi Jandro. And we'll see you on the flip side.